Welcome to the Musquamacate Beach Podcast, a podcast spotlighting the businesses, newsmakers, events, and memories of Rhode Island's historic Musquamacate Beach. everybody and welcome to the Musquamica Beach podcast. My name is Ben Barber. I'm your host for the show. This is a really big episode. Um, today we have Tim Brennan from Two Little Fish, who is a fantastic, fantastic human being, um, as well as a great business owner in Musquamica Beach. And we are talking about all of the things that Two Little Fish and Tim himself are doing for the environment. Um, Two Little Fish, uh, you know, almost seven years ago now, um, started their uh, goal to become plastic free. And uh, that's just one of the many things that they're doing. Um, he now serves uh, as an, on the advisory committee for the governor as far as um, environmental uh, initiatives go. And, I mean, we, we talk about everything from donating some of their proceeds to uh, Mystic Aquarium for um, marine uh, rehabilitation to finding um, utensils that are not only biodegradable but compostable. And uh, he actually doesn't go a lot into the difference of that in the episode, but then we talked for another 20 minutes afterwards so he could tell me exactly uh, what is so great about these compostable materials. Um, so biodegradable is, you know, it will eventually um, disintegrate. It will, will eventually go back into uh, the earth into plant material. However, compostable is uh, is insanely different. These these forks and knives under the right conditions in a landfill will disappear within like 120 days. Um, that is the kind of amazing... Um, stuff that he's doing and uh they're doing it at i mean he he goes into it they're they're doing it at um you know things that aren't advantageous for them uh profit wise which i think is just fantastic um like that's uh it's really altruistic and and wonderful and um so we have a great conversation with tim brennan and this was a special day uh, at the beach because town town leaders and officials were coming to Two Little Fish to meet with Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Um, Senator Whitehouse is a huge, you know, he's he's sort of um, famous for giving a climate change speech um, once a week on the Senate floor and, uh, you know, a big champion of these sorts of issues. And, um, so he, he came to sit and listen to everything that the advisory board, uh, had to say and the town officials had to say and and Tim about what was going on at Two Little Fish in Musquamacate and the the greater westerly area. And then at the end of the episode, um, I actually got a chance to talk to Senator Whitehouse um, along with Dale Faulkner from the Westerly Sun. And uh, we got to, you know, pick his brain a little bit about what he um, what he saw and and um, and what, you know, what he thinks about what's going on in Westerly. So that's it. And uh, this is. Uh, one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. And without further ado, here is Tim Brennan. Okay, so I'm here with Tim Brennan at Two Little Fish, which is just the coolest place, um, the coolest restaurant at the beach. Uh, not only, um, you know, does it have legendary great food, but um, 
there are so many other reasons. And we had a full interview uh, last year with Tim where he talked about the history of Two Little Fish and all of that stuff. But the last, like, five minutes, he decided <laughs> to tell me about all of the environmental stuff that they did, which is amazing and what I really wanted to cover with him once I knew about it. Uh, so we're here today, and it's kind of a special day here at Two Little Fish um, for all of that. Tim, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Um, so tell me a little bit about the steps that you guys have taken to be more environmentally friendly and sustainable and all of that stuff? Okay. Well, it all started, it can be summed up with two words. And those two words are Superstorm Sandy. When Superstorm Sandy hit, um, Misquamica Beach was the hardest place that was hit um, in Rhode Island. Uh, the devastation down here was uh, pretty extreme. Uh, entire buildings were lost the town beach condominiums were lost sam's restaurant was lost uh the ride wave surf shop right next to me had five feet of sand inside of it um it took uh we were we were actually more fortunate than most um we had still had four walls and a roof after it was all over um what we did was um as everyone knows um Tons of volunteers poured into the beach area to help us uh, rebuild, to help individual homeowners and everything uh, salvage their belongings, salvage their buildings. Businesses uh, benefited from that uh, volunteer effort as well. As a vice president of uh, the, the Mesquamica Business Association, I ran a um, checkpoint out here uh, where I coordinated volunteers. I would issue them um, safety gear. I would issue them equipment. They would sign release waivers, and then I would lead them out You know, uh, each day to... Um, do whatever job was assigned to us so we ripped up carpeting uh that was we removed uh uh rotten furniture we cleaned canals we shoveled sand uh we did uh we cleaned up broken and smashed decks but the common theme in all this was i was always wondering you know why did this happen and how did this happen and you know we're all familiar with global warming we're all familiar with sea level rise you know, but when you're actually in the middle of a catastrophe, you think to yourself, well, you know, how how could I have prevented this in any small way whatsoever? So what happened was we decided to do something on our own. And so what we did was the first thing that we did was actually mandated by the state. And that was we had to put in a brand new septic system. And that septic system had to be a, of a particular type, a wastewater treatment system called a nitrogen system. And since we are two little fish here are between um, a coastal feature and a barrier beach, the coastal feature being Winnipeg Pond, we had to put in this special wastewater treatment system. The Department of Health says that we must be single service, which means we can't um, have traditional flatware, dishes, dishwashing, because they don't want us to discharge harmful chemicals into the environment. So what we did was uh, we have to have disposable dining. So with the wastewater treatment system that we have, it's specifically designed to uh, limit our nitrogen emissions because nitrogen emissions cause encourage weed growth in the pond behind us, which in turn threatens the habitat of the native species that live there. So that was the hard part. That was the expensive part. 
The rest um, started to fall in place over time. We gave ourselves a timeline to do things. And that timeline was, you know, approximately three to five years. So the first things that we did were the easiest, the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. We got rid of all plastic bags immediately. No plastic bags. We just used plain paper grocery sacks. Um, We got rid of plastic straws. We have paper straws. We... um, certainly got rid of all styrofoam we don't use any styrofoam products whatsoever um some of this we had already done prior to that but with our new commitment we decided to redouble our efforts um one of the things that we also decided to do was look into compostable cutlery and compostable cutlery um the forks the knives and the spoons um was a harder issue to solve. We had already moved all of our plates and bowls and lids and things like that over to uh, recycled um, compostable paper paper pulp products. Um, So that was no problem. But what we ran into the fact was the fact that the items in question were very expensive. Like a case of plastic forks these days will run you about 14 bucks for a thousand, for example. Now, when I first looked into switching over after Superstorm Sandy, that same case of forks ran about $100 for the same amount. Clearly, that's out of the reach of most small businesses. But over time, as technology has advanced and demand has grown, prices have fallen. And so right now, that same case runs about $45. And that's something I can, I can handle. So it was, um, over, it was about two years ago about two years, two or three years into that five-year plan that we decided to uh, make the switch. We did it without raising our prices, so it did not affect the consumer at all. And um, ever since then, uh, the, the public reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. That's, um, that's still quite a, uh, you know, that's still over three times more, a little over three times more for the plastic mm-hmm. um you know for the for the uh, recyclable compostable um products which is which is still a large commitment and and like something that's commendable because it's easier to not do it you know it's 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 three times easier not to do it financially um for that so so that's a you know that's a that's a huge commitment that you know like you said it's worth it um, but it's it's something that uh, so many people wouldn't do, and um, and I think that uh, you know as far as a lot of this stuff goes, uh, Superstorm Sandy was seven years ago now, mm-hmm. so you were a, you know quite a few years ahead of the curve um, when when we talk about people being really conscious about plastic bags and styrofoam and plastic cutlery and all of this stuff, um, and. Uh, you know, so, so much so that now the town of Westerly is, you know, getting rid of plastic bags and stores and, and all of that stuff. So how do you feel about um, sort of being a pioneer in the eco-friendly area in, in town? Um, well, we did it originally, like I said, because, you know, Superstorm Sandy was just su- such an epiphany. Um, we don't really count the cost. I mean, you know, there is a famous quote, you know, we do not do these things because they are easy. We do these things because they are hard. And there's a lot there's a lot to be said for for that kind of thing. I mean, we simply did what we thought was best, and when you're doing what you think is best, you don't so much count the cost. I mean, uh, it's it's flattering that people might see it that way, but really, that's not the way that we look at it. I mean, we decided what we should do is 
link all that with other environmental um, uh, initiatives that we've undertaken. For example, for the past two years, uh, we have had um, a partnership with uh, Mystic Aquarium where we sponsor their animal rescue clinic. Um, uh, a portion of every meal sold at Two Little Fish, for example, we donate to the to the animal rescue team, which rescues and rehabilitates injured uh, marine and animals, um, rehabilit- rehabilitates and then releases them. Um, all this eventually came to the attention of, in terms of the plastic, uh, reducing single-use plastics, attention to the, the governor of Rhode Island. And she invited me to serve on a uh, task force uh, focusing on reduction of single-use plastics. I was the subcommittee chair of the Lead by Example Committee. And, um, you know, that is something that showed the dedication of the state. They've finally really gotten gotten the idea that something has to be done to reduce plastics it was matter of fact it was instrumental uh being on that committee that the state has no longer no longer hands out uh plastic bags at um the state beach there's dumpsters down there courtesy of the leadership of uh, the misquamica business association um and no longer is twenty thousand plastic bags a year being handed out at misquamica and i think that's fantastic um, another thing that was accomplished through that committee is um, we have decided to, uh, I advocated for it and it was approved. Um, everyone's familiar with the adopt the highway signs uh, when you're going down the freeway. I suggested to DEM and the governor, why do we not have an adopt a beach the program? You know, adopt a park program. And they kind of looked at each other and looked at myself and said, why don't we have that program? <laughs> So now that program is in the works. And what I recently did, um, small business is a lot more agile and a lot more uh, fast acting than um, big government. So what I did was I coordinated with the town of Westerly at Wiscanal Beach over there across the street from me. And uh, Two Little Fish provided a grant to the town of Westerly Recreation Department. Uh, which goes for uh, litter control and uh, beautification of that beach. Um, the grant monies are administered by the town. Uh, they've done planting and mulching and things like that. And also monies are used for litter control where a nonprofit comes in and picks up the beach. So it's a good example of private business, nonprofits and government coming together to get something done to keep our beaches clean. Um, today is, is sort of a special day uh, that we just kind of happened on um, for this interview. But um, you know, a whole bunch of people are coming down to check out uh, the stuff that you're doing here at Two Little Fish and some projects going on in Misquamica, like the Eco Trail and stuff that we'll talk about in a second. Um, but uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse will be here um, you know, in just about an hour from, from now. Uh, how do you know what, what are you expecting from today and, and uh, how do you feel about the attention that um, the business and the area and you specifically are getting from sort of the upper leadership in the state? Uh, it can only benefit the region as a whole. Um, I, uh, Mr. Uh, Whitehouse, the senator, he sent me a letter um, after I was named to the governor's um, task force congratulating on me 
on that. And he said that it was an issue that was near and dear to his heart. So I took him at his word for that. And I contacted his office and invited him down so he could see, A, what we're doing here at Two Little Fish, a small family business. If, if we can do this, then certainly big business can do this. Yeah, and I also wanted him to see and showcase what the larger beach community here in Westerly at Mesquamica has done to improve um, the environment. You know, the, the, the Westerly town uh, beach has installed uh, free sunscreen. It's, it's reef safe. It does not bleach or destroy um, coral reefs. I mean, uh, we sponsored that as well as with the town. We um, funded the um, dispensers, Two Little Fish did. Um, we wanted to showcase the, the fact that, um, you know, we are working with DEM on um, trash issues and technology to, to, to um, solve this type of problem. Um, and uh, I think it only benefits the whole. The more we show that we care, that the town cares, that private, private businesses care, nonprofits care, private citizens care, I mean, that can only work to uh, the benefit of the environment. It can only work to the benefit of all of us. Um, how, tell me a little bit about the Eco Trail uh, that's going to go behind you, correct? Uh, correct. The Eco Trail is um, uh, something that has been long, uh, a long considered a priority down here at Mesquamakit, at least by the Mesquamakit Business Association and um, other people. Um, we wanted to showcase, in my opinion, the pond is like the hidden treasure of Mesquamakit. There's only a few access points to it. It's largely hidden. People really don't appreciate a lot of the beauty of it. The Eco Trail is designed to, A, uh, get people safely from one end of the beach to the other so they don't have to walk along a crowded road at night in the dark with no street lights. And number two, it's also meant to showcase our beautiful pond in the environment and the species and animals that live there. So the pond will start down, I mean, excuse me, the trail will start down around Patty's Bayside lot. There will be dedicated parking. There will be a roundabout down there. Uh, it will extend along the uh, Bayside of um, Atlantic Avenue, and it will eventually end and dump out right near Two Little Fish at the side of the Ride-A-Wave surf shop. Um, there will be an accompanying, um, accompanying bike path, and there will be observation points along the way. Um, I, it is my hope that eventually we can install um, signage there as well, where um, we can explain things about the, um, the, the salt pond, how it operates, how it works, things that are natural about it. Um, and, uh, it's something that is long been, um, like I said, it was first the idea of, uh, George Tattersall, who was uh, a past president and over the years it's received attention, but you know, as one official leaves, you kind of have to start over with the next group. But finally the town and DEM and coastal resources and, uh, the governor's office and the office of the Lieutenant governor and the and Mesquamica business association and the general public have all gotten together and miracle of miracles we all agree that it should go forward monies have been spent plans have been laid and it will become a reality um the governor said she would devote state resources to it L the lieutenant governor said he would seek to find funds for it out of the um state trails fund which uh funds um uh, trails and things like that meant to um explore the natural habitat of the state so things are looking up and we're very excited about it would you ever run for office for anything? Uh, probably not. 
<laughs> I feel like I have to ask that question. I mean, you're <laughs> whatever it was, you'd have my vote right now. Um, this is uh, so th- th- this is all amazing stuff. Um, I, a lot of my questions you just led into naturally, which is which is fantastic. Uh, so now I just want to end with talking about what an amazing place Two Little Fish is. Um, everybody I know uh, looks forward to coming down here. Um, and uh, the best seafood um, in the area, as it was voted best seafood in the area, by the way, for many years running. Yeah, 2007 through 2019. Yeah. So, uh, the Westerly Sun Online Readers Bowl. Nice. Oh, and uh, we just were named um, in Yankee Magazine. Uh, national publication. Uh, we were named uh, as having best fried clams in the best of New England section that just came out in July of this year. So that was a nice uh, feather in our cap. Uh, very unexpected. Uh, and uh, we were very happy to receive that. And uh, in ending, I do want to stress that too. Um, all the seafood that we serve is uh, sustainable. Um, in, in keeping with what we do for the environment, we do not use endangered fish stocks such as cod or anything like that. Um, we, um, all our seafood is wild caught and not farmed. And, um, we serve everything that is locally sourced and fresh. Amazing. Everything about this place is amazing. And you're an amazing man. And, um, I'm, uh, I, I love getting down here and talking to you. And, uh, I just also want to talk about how beautiful it is to, um, stand out on this deck and you have the beach in front of you. And the fresh air, you can see the drive-in um, space and the kids going down the water slides and people playing at the park. And, you know, it's just a wonderful atmosphere. Um, and it's so lively and and uh, and awesome. And it's the morning right now before things really get uh, buzzed. Yeah. Buzzling. I can't think of the word. Bustling. Yeah, bustling uh, yeah. <laughs> before everyone starts to come comes down. It can, it can be quite chaotic. It's definitely a great place to come people watch and enjoy the nature at the same time. Um, it's great. So, All right. Thank you very much, Tim. Oh, you're very welcome. Hi, I'm Ben Barber. Nice hey, ben. to meet you, Senator. Nice to meet you. Your thoughts on what you heard today with regard to the various efforts that are occurring in Westerly and it's here? It's stunningly impressive. And the fact that so many different parts of the community have come together to make it happen by common agreement is super impressive. And it shows how much Westerly loves and values its very special seashore. There's been a lot of taking that has been done from shores and seas over the years. And it's nice to see a community so committed to giving back. Did, did you say that you were involved with a bill or some effort to provide money for this part of Rhode Island? Uh, uh, we just cleared unanimously through the Environment Public Works Committee the latest highway bill, which for the first time has a climate change title in it. And it has a big section specifically dedicated to coastal infrastructure at risk from sea level rise and storm surge. And witness Atlantic Avenue right here is a perfect exemplar. Matunic Road, Matunic Beach Road, those were the types of places we were thinking of when we designed it. It still has to pass Senate, still has to pass Congress. And... Got to get to USDOT for them to 
implement it and then for the money to start to flow. But with any luck, there'll be some very significant resources to help coastal communities like Westerly with these new risks that they have to deal with and the new obligations that come with those risks. Is this your second stop in Westerly today? Or you... Third. Oh, we stopped at the hospital. We stopped uh, at um, Thirsty Gull with the Chamber of Commerce. And then we stopped here with the coastal folks. Okay. Um, and you're going to the Ocean House? Is that correct? The Ocean House okay. to Luxury. Okay. <laughs> Who are we meeting there? Meeting with the town manager. That's it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Senator, for coming down. This was fantastic. Doing it. It's. uh, I've been here during some grim times when people were digging out after Sandy, and it's nice to see now everything's so nice and busy, even on a grayish day. How do you feel about the fact that, as Tim said, like Superstorm Sandy was kind of the thing that kicked off this um, eco-initiative and really focusing on the um, sustainable everything here. You know, um, how do you feel about the fact that this was kind of a response to a um, climate change catastrophe? Yeah, it's kind of a wake-up call when these things happen, and it does, I think, um, prompt people of goodwill to do more and better and to see people of goodwill in Westerly do so much more and so much better is really thrilling. I think you guys are setting a standard for the entire state and maybe the Northeast Coast. This is really, really impressive. Well, thank you so much for your time and have a safe trip. Thank you. For more information on the events and businesses in Musquamacate Beach, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and at musquamacate.org.